1: Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Qualifying Day at the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Lewis Hamilton breaks his 20-month pole drought, taking his 104th top qualifying spot just three thousandths of a second ahead of Max Verstappen. Hamilton has dominated the hungaro ring through his career, but Verstappen's lack of pace in his chronically unbalanced Red Bull racing car still came as a shock. With so few setup changes allowed under Park Ferme conditions, there's now a real question about the team's odds of breaking the record for most consecutive victories with its 12th straight win. And McLaren had another excellent Saturday result, with Lando Norris leading Oscar Piastri in third and fourth on the grid. If there are any shenanigans between the 2021 title rivals out front, the Papaya team will be well placed to finally collect another double podium finish after a narrow miss last time out in Silverstone. There were plenty of other unexpected results in the top 10, including two Alfa Romeos and Nico Hulkenberg with his new Go Fast hairstyle. And to dissect them all, let's hear now from your host on the ground, it's Luke Smith.
2: In a season that has become all too predictable at times, the Hungaroring produced one of the most thrilling qualifyings in recent F1 memory, as Lewis Hamilton pulled off a shock pole position for Mercedes, denying Max Verstappen by a mere three thousandths of a second at the end of Q3. The shocks didn't stop there, as McLaren locked out the second row of the grid, Alfa Romeo got a car inside the top five, Carlos Sainz dropped out in Q2, and George Russell, last year's pole sitter for Mercedes, didn't even make it out of Q1. My name is Luke Smith, senior writer for The Athletic, and I'm bringing you the latest daily update following qualifying for the Hungarian Grand Prix in Budapest. The day really did belong to Lewis Hamilton. He might be an eight-time winner of the Hungarian Grand Prix, an eight-time pole sitter as well, going into Saturday, but few would realistically have expected him to be in the fight for pole position today. It had been a pretty difficult weekend so far for Hamilton and Mercedes. He was pretty open about the struggles he had through practice on Friday, talking about the limitations of the Mercedes W14 car. We know that's been a story throughout this season, but after the updated package that arrived a few races ago, it felt like they had turned a corner, only to then be struggling again. Some overnight changes did put Hamilton in a much happier window, allowing him to top FP3 earlier in the afternoon before then going on to take his 104th pole position of his Formula 1 career, extending his all-time record tally. The alternative tyre allocation rules meant the times got quicker and quicker throughout qualifying as drivers used hards in Q1, mediums in Q2 and finally got the chance to bolt on a set of soft tyres for Q3. Many of the drivers said it was quite nice seeing their delta always be negative, gaining so much time. But it did all come to a very familiar finish, the drivers ultimately running those final laps in Q3 on the soft tyres, two sets at their disposal. Hamilton sat a tenth of a second off the provisional pole sitter, Verstappen, after the initial runs in Q3, but he knew that he had some gains to make. After qualifying he said that he knew he was lacking at turns 2, 4 and 11 with his final lap. Hamilton said he felt like he didn't even breathe on the entire lap, holding his breath the whole way around and then going full send, particularly through turn 11, which he was asking Verstappen if he was able to take flat out. He gave his all and managed to snatch pole position away, as Verstappen failed to improve on his final lap, meaning P1 belonged to Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton called the result epic and said it felt just as good as his first pole position, given the struggles Mercedes have faced and gone through with the W14 car and the work that it has done to turn things around. But what about his chances of following pole 104 with win 104 tomorrow? Well, Mercedes has traditionally been better over the race distances than in qualifying trim through much of this season, which should give Hamilton and the team some optimism going into Sunday. But Hamilton did say the race simulations by Red Bull in FP2 on Friday were, I quote, extraordinary. Toto Wolff added that Mercedes had to be realistic about its chances of victory, given the strength of the Red Bull car in Verstappen's hands. But given how difficult it is to overtake at the Hungaroring, there might well be a chance for Mercedes. And we'd actually look at a bit of history, not too recent history, that would also back that up. One moment that immediately came to my mind after qualifying was Hamilton's pole for Mercedes at the Hungaroring way back in 2013, 10 years ago now. I remember Hamilton saying after qualifying, it would take a miracle for him to win that race, given how quick Red Bull was in that season. Remember, Sebastian Vettel was absolutely dominant that year. But Hamilton did manage to win the race. It was his first victory for Mercedes, the first of many as we now know. And I do wonder if maybe a repeat scenario could be on the cards on Sunday. Another factor that could help Hamilton in his cause is just how much Verstappen was struggling with his car throughout qualifying. He said after the session that the balance on the rb19 felt terrible throughout the day swinging between understeer and oversteer no matter what tweaks they made he lost the front end of the car on his final lap in q3 which denied him the chance to improve his lap time and it meant he was very disappointed with second place sorry extremely disappointed to quote max precisely showing just how much of a setback it felt like to not be on top for once Red Bull has been running some new updates on the car this weekend, as I talked about in the Friday show, but Verstappen made clear he did not think the balance issues were related to the new parts. Although Red Bull's race pace on Friday was very good, Verstappen felt reluctant to read too much into it. He believed the warmer conditions on Sunday could well change the picture once again, and that some of the cars were off their usual pace to FB2. We also know that the alternative tyre allocation did impact running, maybe clouding the picture a little bit more from how things actually are looking between the teams. Verstappen also noted the usual race pace strength of the Mercedes car and the challenge of overtaking in Hungary that could make his pursuit of what would be a record-breaking 12th win in a row for Red Bull all the more difficult. One other thing to consider out front tomorrow is whether we might see a revival of the spicy fights between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen that were so frequent in F1 just a couple of years ago. We know 2021 had more than its fair share of incidents between the two drivers but even at last year's Brazilian Grand Prix when Verstappen was already world champion, he collided with Hamilton while they were fighting for position. So, could we see it happen again at the front tomorrow? The two of them starting on the front row together, going down to that very narrow turn one. Toto Wolff said both drivers have nothing to lose at the front. And while it is true that Verstappen hasn't really needed to get his elbows out so much this year because the Red Bull car has been so quick, it's still a really interesting dynamic to consider going into the race, particularly knowing how the two drivers have raced in the past. One man who will hope to capitalize on any fireworks between Hamilton and Verstappen at the start tomorrow will be Lando Norris, who qualified a brilliant third for McLaren, finishing just 0.084 seconds off pole position. Norris had been downplaying McLaren's chances all weekend, believing Hungary might be a trickier track than Silverstone or the Red Bull ring, two places where McLaren had really excelled. But Norris and teammate Oscar Piastri went on to lock out the second row of the grid in third and fourth place. It's another really positive sign for McLaren as it continues its turnaround and does show that the step forward it's made with these updates has definitely gone in the right direction, making it a proper contender toward the front of the field. But perhaps the biggest surprise name at the sharp end of the grid on Sunday will be Alfa Romeo's Joe Guan Yu, who produced the best qualifying result of his F1 career to date in a brilliant fifth place, two places ahead of teammate Valtteri Bottas. It's not been an easy season for Alfa Romeo so far. It's looked like the slowest team at points and hasn't finished a race any higher than eighth so far this year. But after all those struggles, this double Q3 result really does show that when it gets things right, it can be properly competitive. I did initially think that the team was just one of the big benefactors of the new tire rules for qualifying, maybe being better on the harder compounds than many of its immediate rivals. But when we got to Q3, it showed the pace wasn't all down to that. After all, everyone was on soft tyres as they ordinarily would in Q3 and they still managed to get P5 and P7. Yes, the track layout has probably worked to the strengths of the Alfa Romeo car and the new updates have definitely helped in recent races. But still, it gives the team a real shot at a good and very very important haul of points on Sunday. We know how close things are between Alfa Romeo, Williams, Haas and Alfa Tori in that battle from 7th to 10th in the Constructors so if it can come away with some points that would be a massive massive breakthrough. One driver who was surprised by Alfa Romeo's pace on Saturday was Charles Leclerc the Ferrari man. He was Ferrari's only representative in Q3 after teammate Carlos Sainz dropped out in Q2. Leclerc could only wind up sixth on the grid one place behind Joe and he said that his Q3 lap actually felt pretty good leaving him quite confused when he saw the final classification and in particular why he was three tenths of a second off the leading trio of cars. Things were really, really close all weekend at the Hungaroring, in very minor, minor margins, making that gap all the more noticeable and really painful for Ferrari. Qualifying in Hungary also did seem to revive some of the weaknesses of the Ferrari SF23 car, particularly the inconsistency it has across the different tyre compounds. Science struggled massively on the mediums in Q2, causing him to drop out by just two thousandths of a second in 11th place. Given Sunday is expected to be a big battle of tyre management with a softer compound selection than the last year and higher temperatures than at any other point in the race weekend, it will be a big test to see if Ferrari has cured this particular weakness of its car. A couple of other honourable mentions in Q3. Sergio Perez made it through to the top ten shootout for the first time in six races but he could only wind up ninth on the grid for Red Bull. Fernando Alonso, he reckons that anything beyond the top five might be a big ask for him and Aston Martin as he lines up eighth on the grid, while Nico Hülkenberg, complete with his new bleach blonde Ken hairdo, he made it to the Q3 for Haas in tenth, but he's also sceptical about hanging on, given just how much it has struggled over the race distances this year. And one man we have somehow got what more than 11 minutes into this podcast without mentioning so far is Daniel Ricciardo. He's been the talk of the F1 world all week but he finally got the chance to put the chips down and show some of the old Daniel magic in qualifying on Saturday. Ricciardo managed to wring everything he could out of the Alfa Tauri car to get up to 13th place on the grid. Ricciardo scraped through Q1 with a good final lap on the hard tyres after initially struggling a little bit. Leaving teammate Yuki Tsunoda in the drop zone. Ricardo put in a good lap in Q2 to get 13th place on the grid, out qualifying Lance Strauss and Pierre Gasly, and said he felt at 98% of his maximum potential on that lap in Q2. A little room for improvement, obviously, but still a good step forward from where he was in practice. But tomorrow's race will be the biggest test yet for Ricardo. It's a 70 lap race distance and he's only completed, what, eight, nine laps in a row so far in the Alpha car. But he said he is treating it more as a learning exercise, getting that good long distance under his belt, working out more of the good and the bad of the car, particularly on high fuel, low fuel, and managing the tires, that should put him in better stead for the rest of the season. I did ask Daniel if points were a realistic target, but he said he doesn't want to hang his hat too firmly on any exact predictions or expectations Instead, just wanted to get all he can and learn as much as he can out of tomorrow's race. So that is all for the Saturday podcast here in Budapest. I will be back tomorrow with a full race recap to the Hungarian Grand Prix. I will
1: see you then. Thanks very much to Luke. And I can't wait to see how this one pans out on Sunday. It should be a real thriller. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Hungarian Grand Prix paddock by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings on between episodes by following Luke on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato, Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast.